I am drinking my uh, tea hot Earl Grey. Earl okay. Grey. Tea Earl Grey hot. Yeah. Tea Earl Grey hot. Yes, from the famous uh, Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Where he took his tea on Dagobah. On that's White. that's yeah. that's how Yoda served it to him. <laughs> All right. Mm. Broken, but still good. Yeah, still good. So I think that was a great time to uh, to roll in. Uh, sorry, this is really good tea. Yeah. Welcome to General Geekery, specifically. It's a podcast. I'm Lou. I'm Ben. And this is lunchtime here. We're drinking coffee, tea, and you get to hang out with him and me. Tea, Earl Grey. Hot. All right. Um, mm. Luncheon, got a few clarifications and corrections. Okay, let's, 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 let's start with everything we got wrong. Everything we got wrong. <laughs> so Pretty much every segment. Um, <laughs> Go back and listen to the last episode, and that, that was wrong. We talked about the, the Rice Canyon. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I, I brought up because I, was, because I was wanting to put it into some sort of perspective of, uh, of how, much, how much rice that would be from, from chess, from the... Uh, well, why don't, you, why don't you run over the, the, the cliff notes real quick? Right. So the Grand Canyon is um, a thousand cubic miles in volume. It's a lot. Right. Um, if you were well, to fill the Grand Canyon with rice, you'd get about 10% full. So it's not a Grand Canyon full of rice, but remember, the Grand Canyon is long and deep and wide. <laughs> it's enough to fill it 10%. Sorry, it's, it just my Sunday school uh, <laughs> conditioning, just deep and wide, deep and wide. Sorry. Um, the, oh, hold on a second. Um, it's not big enough to fill the Grand Canyon. It's about 10%, but you could probably jump off the grand canyon if you didn't hit any of the cliff on the way down land in rice and you might even survive you might be okay rice has a good cushion um for some reason i didn't write it down but i did look up how many titanics would fit in the grand canyon okay (laughs) Uh, it was also a lot it was like a ridiculous amount um so but would the is so how many titanics would fit in the grand canyon was it 10 percent of the grand canyon because then that would mean that amount of rice would fit into one Titanic. That's a great point. Um, unfortunately, I didn't write any of that down. So I guess that's next week's <laughs> corrections. I like how you correct and get the numbers right. And then I just throw more math at you. I was like, well, why don't you calculate this? You don't personally. This a recurring segment. We're just going to have a recurring segment. What will fit in the Grand Canyon? <laughs> I like it. How many of what thing? Actually, that's a really great idea. Let's run on that. So. Let's pick a thing, and then we'll figure out. And then Wolfram Alpha will will take care of uh, how many of those things fit in, and we like can that. guess, and we can guess how many uh, would fit in there. So you know um, what that means? What's that? This is an excuse for something I've always wanted to do. Yes, to buy a subscription to Wolfram Alpha. I mean, haven't we all? <laughs> Why don't you tell people what that is? But I I didn't know about it until I looked it up for these pur- purposes. Purpose I. Everybody can check this out. WolframAlpha.com. Um, it's a it's a computing engine. It's, it does a lot. It's, uh, it describes itself as computational intelligence. And what it's, um, what it's really useful for, especially if you subscribe, you know that graphing calculator you had? Um, it was obsolete 20 years ago. Uh, my, T- my TI-89? Yeah. Uh, Wolfram Alpha basically replaces a lot of that kind of computational stuff. Uh, does a lot of uh, advanced math. and it has tools built in to make that easier. It guides you through a lot of that math. Uh, it assumes if you're doing some kind of equation that you might want a graph and makes it really easy to just get the graph out without having to jump through a bunch of hoops. 
uh, and you can pivot to different things. Cool, now I've got this, I wanna do this calculus function. What is the area under this curve? Can I just integrate this directly by, you know, writing the web app? Makes things a lot easier, makes it a lot easier to explore math. Um, you're learning math at a high school, college level. It's a really handy tool for digging in uh, and just being able to work with it in a more intuitive way. Now, the thing about it that makes it a comp uh, computational intelligence is that it also just has a lot of information in it. Uh, you want to know the calories in food? Pretty much got all of that in there. It knows the volume of things. Now, if you look up the Titanic and not RMS Titanic, you're going to get uh, an album, a music album. It's just got so much information <laughs> in it that it confuses itself sometimes. But you can type natural language queries into it and get it to I, come out with things. I like if you type in Titanic, it just starts playing Celine Dion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, does it tell you, does, does Wolfram Alpha tell you that there's enough space on that door? Because there's enough space on that door. <laughs> I'll never let go. <laughs> how, how much space was on that door? 2.2 human beings size of space was on that door. Oh, and Grand Canyon is <laughs> Rep a repeating, board. of course. So like sometimes you have to massage it a bit, but there's a free version. Go check it out. Subscriptions, you know, obviously better support it. Um, but most people, if you just want to look up something really crazy, you can type in a plain English search on Wolfram Alpha. So apparently that's a new segment. Um, okay. So, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and, and, and think about this for a second. I hope I don't give you too much cutting if we uh, get off track too much. What would be a good thing to see how many fit into the Grand Canyon? Um, so that'd be great. Email us at Jengeek three. Jengeek one at gmail.com. Jengeek one at gmail.com. The number one, my friend. Jengeek one yep, at gmail.com. Jen... All right. So, um, let us know. Uh, another thing, uh, Ben, you said you came to a conclusion, uh, a discovery last week that oil is non-renewable. Yes, I did. I, we were discussing it and I found out that it is made. The process is not quick mm -hmm. to make oil. Uh, apparently it takes many, 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 many years. Give or take. So um, give or take a, a few minis. Um, so it, it seems that we're running out of that, but it's so cheap. I mean, why not just keep, uh, we're producing so much. Why not just assume it's always going to be there? Well, there are, um, non-renewable oil deniers. There are people out there. After I said, if you ask anybody, they'll say, well, of course it's non-renewable. Uh, no, uh, apparently there are people who believe that, uh, it, it's, um, something, something algae and, uh, pressure and heat and it, it's renewable and all the oil world, all the oil fields that we've already drilled out. Oh, they're back filled up again. Like there's plenty there. Um, it, so like we've just gone deep enough in the water table. It's not, it's not the oil cycle. It's the, it's the water yeah, cycle. I, I, think I, they're, I think they're getting their viscous substances confused. Yeah. So there are oil deniers. So if you weren't frustrated with the things already, have fun with that. Um, oh, one more correction that I forgot yes. about, which leads us into our first topic. And that is, we were talking about uh, calendars and I was razzing on uh, the popular belief in uh, Christian churches that, oh yeah, Sunday is the Sabbath because why else do we celebrate on Sunday? Um, I was kind of making a nice little, what I thought was a sly reference, but, uh, I said Judeo-Christian and oftentimes the Jewish faith, uh, their contributions to society get left out. It's like, oh yeah, you know, the Christians leave it. Well, no, it was there long before Christians. Uh, I've been trying to make sure that they get their day in the sun. I overcorrected this time, um, uh, swerved okay. right off the exit because no, no, 
the Jewish faith, uh, all the sects, they know what the Sabbath is. There's no confusion right. in their synagogues. Right. This is only a confusion in the church. Um, it's, yeah. It, you were half right. right. But speaking of which, Ben, where do you start your week? What is day one? I start my week the same way in office space. They would start their work day. So, uh, you know, you, you roll in, you roll in on Monday, but I don't really start to get any work done uh, until about Tuesday. I usually take Wednesday off and roll back in late Thursday. And, uh, I mean, I probably only work about five hours I a week, zone honestly. I for three or four That's hours. <laughs> um, um, no, so I, would you say Monday I, is the first day of the week? Okay, so I, this is apparently a big uh, debate because I was listening to other people debate about it, and they were pretty much all saying, oh, obviously it starts on Monday. The week obviously starts on Monday. My, my work starts on Monday. Of course, everybody's week starts on Monday. And I've never ascribed to that. I've... And maybe it's just me and I'm just like, well, every calendar I have says the week starts on Sunday right. and it ends on Saturday. And, you know, I took middle school Spanish. So I'm like, well, Saturday is Sabado, the Sabbath. So that's so I've always been of this. And, and people look at me so bad, especially in church when I would be like, well, we shouldn't be going to church on Sunday. We should be going on Saturday. And they're like, no, of course not. The week starts on Monday. It ends on Sunday. Sunday is the seventh day of the week. That's the day that we rest. That's why we have church on Sunday. And I'm like, yeah, but you missed it by right. one. Like, Off by one, <laughs> Um So if uh, the most common answer that I, uh, you know, you, if you get it from, say, biblical scholars, uh, hopefully your pastors, this is the day Jesus rose. And it makes it really convenient on Easter that we get to go to church the day Jesus rose on the first day of the week from, you know, <laughs> this kind of biblical... Uh, Telling. So we don't go on the last day of the week. We go on the first day. Right. Um, and that's just always, I, I, I think Saturday makes more sense. Like, and I think we've kind of melded these together in some weird way mm-hmm. is because Saturday seems to be the day that everyone rests. Everybody's like, I'm going to do what I want to do on Saturday. And then uh, people of the Christian faith, you know, we all go to church on Sunday and like we worship on Sunday. That's a nice way to start the week off then, right? <laughs> But then we should leave church and be like, all right, get back to work. Um, um, yeah, no, um, this is, this is really, you know, it, it's a really interesting topic because um, we've gone from, you know, where do we end the week to what does that mean about the implication of starting the week? Uh, and everything so far has been talked about in the context of, of the church and religion. But we, especially in the, in the U.S., you know, really love this, this work week. We are we identify with our jobs. They they define us to a certain degree. Uh, and I'm being a little tongue in cheek here again, but you know, Monday's that Monday's that work day. That's the day the work week starts. Um and there are a lot of desktop planners. If you go buy a planner, uh, you know, okay, maybe mo- nobody does that anymore because everyone's got cell phones. But if you go if you look at your calendar app as well, there's settings for it. And there's planners. If you buy a planner, you have to pay attention to what you're buying. Some might start Sunday, some might start Monday. Um, and for me, at, when I'm at work, I even look at the week a different way. I have my work calendar. I only look at Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, as far as the work goes, as far as work goes, um, unless I'm in a job where I'm on call or something like that, Saturday and Sunday don't exist to the work week. So it changes right, the whole exactly. concept and- of time. It does. And, uh, and obviously that's a setting on, you know, like Google Cal and stuff like that is that you look at it 
And you're right. The work week is Monday through Friday, and you've got all the space for all the things you're going to be doing Monday through Friday. And then Saturday or Sunday are just like little like, you know, whatever. You can do whatever you want. You, it's your free time. I start to, I've started to look at when we started talking about this whole calendar thing, I started to think about it. And I think there's a lot of parallels to us talking about the Oxford comma. Yeah. People who, people who listen, you guys know that we are big advocates of the Oxford comma. Uh, it's even settled lawsuits. I, you know, I, I know that it is not, it, it no longer needed, or I'm a big uh, proponent of it. I won't speak for you. Uh, is that uh, it's essentially not needed because it's assumed in a lot of situations. Sometimes that delineation, most times that delineation is not needed. However, there have been times in lawsuits that, you know, that is actually, you know, affected the outcome of, of trials and whatnot. <clears throat> I'm starting to look at the Oxford comma and this where the week starts kind of in the same way. Traditionally, as we when we set up the calendar, our version of the calendar, it started on Sunday, it ended on Saturday, Sabbath, Sabbath. You rested on on that and then Sunday was the first day of the week. Just as we have the Oxford comma because that's how it was set up when we when we came to this version of English. But people have used incorrectly not using the Oxford comma for so long, now it's not needed. People have started their week on Monday for so long in their in their minds and their perception that Sunday is no longer the the first day of the week. So it, in practical usage, it seems like Monday is kind of where everyone's going. And again, I st- sit in the minority where I'm like, I'm using the Oxford comma. The week starts on Sunday. It ends on Saturday. Saturday's the Sabbath. Like, you know, it's uh, I, I, I don't know why more churches don't, you know, I think like seven day uh, Adventists and some of the Christian churches do uh, services on uh, Saturdays. Obviously, Catholics, uh, you know, have mass on Saturday, that sort of thing. Uh, but everybody else is like, nope, Monday's first day of the week. Sunday's the last day of the week. We rest on Sunday. Get your, get your shit done all the other days. It's interesting. It's interesting that you <laughs> like uh, that you draw the parallel to Oxford comma as something that was in English and then went away. Um because it didn't exist until the late 1800s. The serial comma was, uh, it was present, but it was not formalized as a thing, as a style until the late 1800s. English existed a long time without a formal recognition of a serial comma. Um, and in, you know, uh, I don't think that really dulls the point. I think it actually expands it a bit is um, calendars throughout history. We're not going to get into calendars, but calendars throughout history have been flexible. Um, they haven't always been seven days of the week. Um, it's, Sometimes extra days were introduced, uh, shimmed in. This uh, Gregorian calendar was a standard that the world has come to adopt because because uh, of the insanity of trying to manage a bunch of different calendars. But globally, we can't even agree on New Year's, things like that. So calendars are really interesting. And uh, to me, you know, I guess I generally think of Sunday being day one. Um, practically, for work, Monday's day one. Um, but right. You kind of, in your mind, is, have these two different versions yeah. of the calendar. You're always running. And it's something running. that, uh, unlike, uh, unlike the Oxford comma, uh, I don't find that this ever leads to potential confusion. Like, you know, leaving out the Oxford comma can definitely lead to confusion. Uh, in this case, I don't think it ever actually leads to confusion. This is where they differ because I never tell somebody that we're going to schedule something for the third day of the week. Like, I, I, right. I, I never <laughs> use ordinal numbers for the days of the week. You know what? I, I do I do you pay know attention what the, to week numbers. Um I haven't because I haven't been at work, but I do use week numbers oddly enough, which also can be kind of a headache. Something else that leads me to that again is one of those things where like I end up falling on the short side of it where most people are like, Ben, you're dumb. And I'm like, well, yeah. But they're like specifically in this you're dumb. And <laughs> what that argument has been before is uh it, when someone says 
Um, so yeah, you don't say I'm going to see you on the third day of the week, but what some people will say is I'll see you Wednesday or they'll say, I'll see you Wednesday week or I'll see you next Wednesday. Wednesday. And then that, and that always drives me nuts because as I've, and maybe this is a Southernism, you know, you're from New York, so maybe you can help me out here from, from a different part of the country is I've always had it explained to me as like, let's like, we're recording on Thursdays. This Thursday days don't have meetings anymore. Let's say yes, we're recording on Thursday. God, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just tee it up and let you hit it out of the park. Is um, if if someone says I'll see you Saturday, that means this the one this coming, coming Saturday. Yes. I'll see you the the one that's coming up. If someone says I'll see you next Saturday, that's right. where we get sticky. Is it because the next Saturday as, to as a southerner, as a like, oh, it's not Saturday. Right. It's next Saturday. Because this Saturday is this uh, Saturday. So the next one would be right. the next one. Or is it the next right. Saturday to And then car? the worst one. It, uh, and exactly. And then the problem then becomes Saturday after next just, just blows my mind. Because then when people go, I'll see you Saturday after next. So then I go, all right, so it's not Saturday. It's next Saturday. I'll see you Saturday after next. So next we just indicated was not in two days, but that was in nine days. So that means Saturday after next is going to be that next one. So Saturday, 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 it'll be the third right. one down the line. And then people are like, no, you're, you're wrong. Because then other people are like, no, Saturday after next is the Saturday after the next Saturday. But if you say next Saturday, you don't mean the next Saturday. You mean the Saturday after this one that is but next. But isn't that... <laughs> did, everybody, did everybody follow that? <laughs> but isn't that easier than saying the Saturday of week 21? That's... <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I don't know what I don't know what day it is. I don't know what days start with. I say we just come up with all new names. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is an older one. Uh, I'm sure it's come across everyone's radar by now. Uh, this is from uh, December 2019, so five years ago, where uh, the new Mac Pro was released. Uh, and we've talked about Macron's law before on the podcast, where uh, the computer you want will always cost five thousand dollars, not the computer you're going to buy. Yes. But if you're like... Right, right. The computer you're going to buy is probably around 2000 but spec out everything you want, right. pretty much 5000 It would be cool if it could game as well. I really got to get the GPU, and of course you need the storage space. You know, once you, you can always talk yourself into... And it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an internet law. It's not, you know, an actual law. So lawyers, <laughs> you know, stay at home. Um, so this new Apple Mac Pro, if you max it out, uh, new as of December uh, 2019. It's 10 Macron's computers. The max, uh, you can max that as $52,199. <laughs> okay. And you, need a sc- and you need a screen for okay. that. This is a Mac Pro. It's not like an iMac. The screen's not included. Apple has one it will sell you for $5,000, $49.99. Now, wow. Is it like 8K oh, yeah, like resolution? The, the oh, yeah. Gotta be. Um, and it's going to look be. great, like leaning up against a pile of books because the stand is an extra $999. <laughs> Why is it still, and I mean, I used to sell things and I know that this works firsthand. Why is it such a big psychological difference between something being a thousand dollars and $999.99? Why is there nine tenths of a cent on gas? Gas. That's what I was about to say. Oh. Thank you. Uh, one of us is unneeded. It was nine tenths of a cent on, on gas. And I'm like, why? Why Why have we gone to that extent? 
And I mean, I guess maybe across all of your gas stations, all across the U.S. and all the gallons of gas that you're selling, maybe that tenth of a cent makes that much of a difference, or nine tenth of a tenth cent makes that much of a difference. But how much profit could you possibly get off that? I mean, you're putting up boards that have it listed on the board. That's not a unit of currency. You've now exceeded the unit of currency. A penny costs more than a penny to make, and you're charging nine tenths of a penny on top of the thing that you're selling. That's well, extraneous it, and unneeded. The nine tenths pricing was from the Great Depression. I don't remember the. I like how quickly you can oh, find that, this that stuff. One. I ask question. I ask a hypothetical questions. You're like, well, it says that, right that, here. That one was just a fact that here. was in my brain that I fact checked, so it was easy because I knew what I was looking for. But um, I'd have to imagine that with the volume they sell, that extra nine tenths of a cent adds up to a lot. And there are um, a few articles talking about. Uh, that it's millions of dollars it comes out to. Uh, I bet I bet we can find this pretty quick. So uh, when I'm I'm from my calculator, um, let's see. Wool from Alpha. Gallons of gas. Gal- gallons of gas. Sold. Gallons of gas sold in U.S. Uh, annual. Oh, that's production. That's not. How much gasoline does the United States uh, consume? All right. So in 2019, about 142 billion gallons of gas. So you want to run that math for me real, real quick? 142 billion times That's nine tenths of a cent. basically 142 <laughs> billion. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so... So that's so significant. So I'm sitting here going, how much could that possibly get you? Literally hundreds of billions of dollars. It's back to office space. It's literally well, yeah. just just well, remember, that little that's, bit that's extra sense. that you're able to. So that 142 billion is only one billion four hundred and twenty million. Right. Sorry, yes, sorry, and, sorry, and are, wrong order of magnitude. At, Absolutely. Um, we're looking at one tenth of a cent less than that. So billion you do got to bring it down by like right. One so point. Let's say a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> right, one point three billion. Let's be conservative. One point three billion, billion that they're making friends, extra though? on. <laughs> Reminds me, I need to ask you: uh, Can I borrow some money? Um, if it's for, <laughs> if it's if it's for the four hundred dollar wheels that are an option for your Mac Pro, absolutely. Where are you rolling this I, damn thing? Well, four hundred dollar wheels. I mean, that's what I put. That's what cost me for tires in my car. Now I'm a cheapskate, but right. <laughs> you know what? Okay, and I heard somebody talking about this. You know what you could do? Rather than put the four hundred dollar wheels. Go to Lowe's, and I know we're, we're about to, to redneck rig this. Um, I'll be your re- resident reg- uh, redneck for this. Go to Lowe's, get a furniture mover. Yeah. You know, the ones that have like the cloth on it and the four caster wheels? See? Get that. Put your, put your new, how much did you say it cost? $52,000 fully upgraded. Put your, put your $52,000 uh, uh, computer on that. If you're worried about it tipping over, go ahead and pick yeah. up some elastic bands while you're there. You know, go ahead and go ahead and zip tie saying. that thing down. It's not going to look great. Get a can of Krylon <laughs> while you're in there. Spray paint that dolly. <laughs> you see, this is why we're not allowed to well, have nice that, things. <laughs> this is what we do helps. with them. <laughs> Slight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that is also a, a limiting factor. Um, wow. So what's the total cost? Computer wheels. Let's say I'm going all out. Computer monitor wheels. The we're whole, gonna, the whole, but you know what? And let's throw in some, 
And let's and let's throw in yeah. some Logitech speakers while we're at it. Hundred dollar Logitech because I assume I'm, it doesn't I'm come you with the $200 nice speakers. Uh, as a discount, <laughs> so we get fifty two thousand instead of fifty two one ninety nine. Okay. As you're as you're figuring this out, real quick, let me say I bet without even looking at it, I bet uh, Apple has done what they do with most things and gotten rid of as many ports as possible. So uh, I was talking about the speakers. I bet it it's doesn't even Mac have like a headphone Pro. jack. It probably has a lot of ports like, on it. The Pro line they usually leave stuff on. Um, true, it's not, true. It's not a MacBook Pro. Yeah, this it's is not a like Mac the Air Pro, or something like. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Okay, so, but I could just imagine them being like, get rid of the port, so I'm you have to you use your Bluetooth. Discount, so anyway, go ahead. I don't deal with that. Fifty-two thousand for the fully loaded <laughs> machine. Another five grand. Um, okay. All right. For the screen, so we're fifty-seven. A grand for okay. the stand, fifty-eight thousand okay. dollars. Um, and you want your four hundred dollar wheels plus your hundred dollar Logitech speakers, another fifty buck, a uh, five hundred bucks. Fifty-eight five. Now, what's wow. the tax rate in Georgia? Is it depends <laughs> where you are? Yeah, uh, it depends on the county, but it's uh, yeah, it's seven percent. It's eight if you're in Clark County so, for splost. Uh, times one point oh seven. Yeah, it's uh, eight in your county. There's forty-five hundred dollars in taxes alone. It's sixty-two thousand five hundred ninety-five. <laughs> you're glad I gave you that two hundred dollars. Can I say something right now? For I am uh, so forty five hundred dollars in taxes. I've I've never been big on vehicles. I mean, they have to get you places, but I, I would never buy like a a Maserati or something like that. Even should I have the money, I would never buy that. Um, one they depreciate. Two, it's to get you from place to place. Whatever does that best is what I care about. Um, that said, my car, I drive a twenty eleven Rav four. Um, it's if I were to sell it right now, <laughs> no way I'm getting forty five hundred dollars. I couldn't taxes. sell my car. For the taxes That's, yeah. on that machine. Uh, you know, $400 wheels. <laughs> I, I could get multiple cars for the kind of cars I buy for this. Now, granted, I have to put gas in my car. There's ongoing expenses. Uh, but my car does take me on vacation. You know, it takes me to work where I earn money. Uh, right. I could buy a lot of gas. I could buy one <laughs> right. car and a lot of gas for 50 grand. There's 62. Like, it's, yeah. It's, right. Um, this is a different class of problems than we have. That is that's crazy. Um, you know, it could take you. Uh, it could take you on vacations. Should you decide to further your education, it could take you to it a community could. college. So nice. I want to use that well as a segue. See what I did there? Uh, I want to talk about yeah, community we, we didn't, uh, we a didn't little bit. Much the time TV show. Last time. So um, um, I, this is your first watch through, right? Well, and I've I've been going. Uh, yeah, it's my first walk walk through. I've been going back on it because I'm just a huge Don Glover fan. I'm a huge Charles Gambino fan. Um, I, the stuff that he, that he does on community is great. Uh, his show Atlanta was amazing. Uh, you know, he, the writer, director, no one should be this good at yeah. doing that many things. You just, you should have to pick a thing. You can't be the best actor, writer, you, you say, musician, you say like, that and he's pick, like, pick a lane. Uh, or hold, hold, hold right? on, you guys. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to make Atlanta. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so anyway, so I go back through and I'm, I'm, I'm watching, uh, community and a couple things have jumped out at me. And something on this most recent one jumped out at me was they were celebrating uh-huh. uh, Dio de los Muertos, Muertos, and I just murdered that. Uh, you know, I tried to cover it with a little bit of an accent, but Day of the Dead. They're 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 doing a Day of the Dead um, Halloween uh, episode. It was kind of a, a mix of the two. <clears throat> and one of their running jokes on there is they they called it. They were like, "Oh well, you know, Dia de los Muertos. It's Mexican Halloween." And then Senor Chang. <laughs> He's so good. 
uh, Senior Chang comes in and he goes, actually, that's a sex position. And it's pretty offensive to even like say that. So Katie and I are watching this and we're like, wait, is it like, is there something out there that we don't know? So we, we go to the most trusted of all websites, Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary and UrbanDictionary.com. And we pull it up and the, the entry is just, it is a thing from community that Senior Chang uh, says is a thing. And then um, Troy, played by uh, Donald Glover, sits there and goes, yeah, I've done it. So, so that's what Urban Dictionary says. But then under that, Urban Dictionary goes, but let's have some fun with it. You guys yeah, tell yeah. us what, uh, <laughs> what the, is this, what the is Mexican this, uh, Halloween is. Not suitable for um, segment. This is not, oh, so, <laughs> disclaimer, this is not suitable for work. Um, so uh, there's one that's right off the top. Another name for the fairly uncomfortable Bermuda Triangle sex position, so-called because the triangle between the woman's arms, her back, and the man's stomach resemble a tortilla chip. Uh. <laughs> I like that they dodge the details. Like, that, that's skillful stuff. There's some really good descriptions of things on uh, Urban Dictionary. Uh, the act of, of dipping your privates in caramel and then having somebody lick those off while uh, wearing a Lucha Libre mask. See, you got to wait for uh, the third yeah, part. Still. You got to wait for the... Not as good as the first one. <laughs> not, as, uh, not as good. So, uh, uh, oh, and then, of course, this one, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, but while having sex, uh, you open up a, a can of chili con carne. Um, and then, you know, you just have a little fun. And like personally, I'm a big fan of chili con carne. So, so, uh, so anyway, a little sticky, nice. but, uh, but we'll make it through. <laughs> so anyway, that's, uh, I'm, I'm learning community has become an educational show for me. So as they're in community college, have I too am getting an education. <laughs> no, wait, I just use <laughs> Spanish. Yes. I mean, see. <laughs> I like how most, most of my Spanish comes directly from Dodgeball. Donde esta la biblioteca? Which also, by the way, if you haven't watched Community and you just want something to, to amuse you, um, uh, Troy and Abed, so again, Don Glover's character uh, and his best friend, at the end of the episodes, they do little just bits and, and things like that. And the very first episode is them doing Spanish and Childish Gambino, basically, uh, freestyle raps with Abed at the end of the first episode. If you don't even watch the show at all, because obviously I'm not getting money from from community. It's not on TV anymore. Uh, Dan Harmon's not, you know, my best buddy or anything like that. Um, is is <laughs> is uh, go watch them do the Don Diosala Biblioteca rap. It is absolutely great. Also, a little bit of a side note because I just saw this yesterday. Do you know who executive produced no. uh, Community with Dan Harmon? Two guys, brothers, the Russos. Huh. The Russo brothers uh, were, were executive producers on Community, and as I understand it, this could be off, so people feel, feel free to correct me on it's this. It's geek one but at gmail.com. the episode of Community that's pretty famous, the, the, <laughs> the, um, uh, the paintball episode, if you've seen it, right. they do like a paintball war episode. Um, it was done by the, the Russo brothers. Now, let's step back a second. Russo brothers, uh, one of the things that got them into TV was they directed the pilot of Arrested Development. So, so the Russo brothers directed the pilot of Arrested Development, got into TV, executive produced uh, Community, and then when they uh, directed that episode of The Paintball War, it caught the eye of 
Kevin Feige and the people over at Marvel. And as I understand it, that's how they got the gig yeah. to do Captain America Civil War, which then led them to do Endgame and Infinity Wars. So there's actually this quick step from Arrested Development through Community to the largest movie ever that made. That explains all the paintball ever. markers in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> so anyway, that's my sidebar on, on Community and, uh, and uh, the, so the Russo brothers. Gold, like. So... Uh, yeah, I don't watch a lot of TV, well, but it seasons, is so you're gonna be there for the a while. thing that's good about you know just don't tell me that you know how I am I like one day I, I decided I wanted to read uh, a longer tome and I picked up uh, Stephen King's <laughs> um, the Dark Tower series and I had download and I had downloaded it all to like an, I downloaded right. an EPUB and just threw it on my iPad at the time and uh, I read I read probably for like an hour into the Gunslinger and then I look at the bottom <laughs> and it says you are one percent through. <laughs> The entire thing, and I had read like a, like two hundred nope. pages, <laughs> and they're like, "You're one percent through this," and I was like, "No, no, no, I'm zero percent through this because I'm just I'm done. I can't I can't commit that kind of time. So don't tell me how long the 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 seasons of Community are because I'll never get through it. But what is nice about that's I don't watch a lot of long form TV outside of Game of Thrones, which really broke my heart. I don't watch a lot of hour long TV shows. I just somehow it seems arduous. 22 minute uh, comedies, I don't really, and you don't really have to follow the plot like, like show to show. You know, like shows like Kimmy Schmidt, like yeah. I can just sit down and just be like, all right, I'm going to watch one or two episodes of Kimmy Schmidt. It may end up being the same as sitting through an hour of TV, but I just de- don't necessarily want to sit through an hour of Boardwalk Empire or, yeah. you know, I, you know, I did watch Game of Thrones, but, you know, uh, Breaking yeah, Bad. I just don't um, necessarily want to sit Empire through an hour. Was good. Of that. Breaking Bad was good, but they're long. I, it, there should be, there, there ought to be a law. You get like, Two seasons, maybe three or four if you're doing hour-long shows. Get to your point. Get it done. Don't run eight seasons. Right. I like that. It's like, I, I like Shit's Creek so much. And yes, that is a half-hour show. But, uh, you know, Dan and Eugene Levy had what they wanted to do. And they had their plot lines. And they didn't keep expanding on them. They just got them done. Then on the other side, if you have Big Bang Theory, which is based on a pretty simple premise, Hot Girl moves in next to Dorky Guys. And then they run through the gamut of, all right, well, now this person's going to get married. And then this person's going to get married. And then this person's going to have a kid. And they just keep trying to just add on those situations for every single person until finally you just run out of people. And you're just like, all right, well, I guess, I guess we're done now. 12 seasons later or 13 seasons, however long that show ran. And I liked it early on. But by the end of it, everyone knows you don't have a story to tell anymore. You've run out of your stories. All right. (laughs) Right, Um, exactly. Speaking of bodies. I have a serious question Go ahead. for you. Um, you've, I have uh, a serious answer for you. You've, take, you're, you've been certified in uh, CPR first aid. You know how to use a defibrillator? Automated one? Yeah. I, I do. I've, I've been certified in CPR since 2001 and uh, certified in AEDs whenever they, the certification came around. <laughs> so, so far back, I don't remember so, when I first became certified in AED. How would you defibrillate AED? a centaur? Is the heart in the chest? Like a normal body, <laughs> you know, like a human body, <laughs> I should say. You could, li- for those for those that are watching this, you could literally see my gears stop turning. I just looked into like, the abyss yeah, and my I mean, mind broke. You, know, you might, you might um, try to defibrillate the man part, but <laughs> that heart is clearly not big enough for the entire body. A horse body, massive. Do you defibrillate the horse? Is, is it where the horse heart would be? Like, right. where is the heart? How do you defibrillate a centaur? Right. Yeah, because my mind also jumped immediately to, does it have two hands and four feet? 
or does it have, or would the front two hooves be like hands? Yeah, and that's the question. I, so anyway, let's stick to the heart one because I, I, I think two hands, four feet is is probably well, the easiest um, answer to my drop dumb this question. In, I guess the, is um, the video uh, version, but there there is a picture that has two suggestions. Um, and that and that's where that comes from is uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, horse heart or human heart. But uh, you know, I'm I'm open right. to other ideas. I I just I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now, and I, I'm thinking A and I'm thinking A. Um, I'm thinking the human side, but then because I'm because uh, I'm thinking well the human it's it's, it's not mostly human it's fifty percent human fifty percent horse. Well, but is it because then it's like it's fifty percent of the human because the human is basically right. the transition point is at the at the midline, but then the horse it's actually like. 85% of the horse, you're just missing the neck and head. So from the horse perspective, it would have to be on the horse part of the body. But on the human perspective, the human right. part of it is what's kind of running the show. So then I would, maybe, then I would think, maybe, I'm, maybe I, I have a human bias. I think, I think there's a lot I, to be you said <laughs> for like, um, I don't know how much taller a centaur would be than a normal horse. Um, would a horse heart be able to pump the blood that high up to the human brain? Does it, is this a two heart kind of scenario? Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. It may be a pressure gradient issue. Um, mm, yeah, but counterpoint, would the human heart be, be large enough to supply blood yeah, see, I don't to think a human heart that alone. much of the, the horse's body? Cause the horse's heart, the horse's heart would be larger. So it would be a more powerful engine to move that blood. But then the human heart would have be aided by gravity, but you still have to get it back up to yeah, the human heart. I, I, would I the human just, heart be large would, enough I, to I'm do that? I'm thinking that a human heart would not be large enough to, um, to pump blood for a whole horse. Okay. Let's think outside the box for a second. Maybe, maybe the centaur, mm-hmm. we don't actually know where centaurs come from. Oh, okay. We assume they're terrestrial beings. However, they could be from Gallifrey. Which would mean that they are time travelers with two hearts. Centaurs might be the doctor, you know, or at least, know, or at honestly, least from from Gallifrey. That is the most sensible <laughs> explanation we've come up with. <laughs> I mean, cows have two stomachs. Why wouldn't centaurs have two hearts? I mean, I've never. Here's the thing. I've never. I've never heard. I've never seen a centaur have a sonic screwdriver. But I've never not seen a centaur not have well, yeah, a sonic I mean, screwdriver. Think about it. Makes you sense? know, you watch Who's Harry Potter. Me? They're not just going to whip out all their advanced tools right away. You blow the whole. You, you throw the whole game. Right. No, I. I, I think, right. I think we nailed it. <laughs> First episode. I, I think so. I, I I think that we we have decided that centaurs are time remains, traveling beings um, from Galifrey. The centaur topic is at the regeneration. Is the next doctor going to be a centaur? Is the world ready? Ooh, I, you know what? I, I like where they're going with it right now. Um, I, I, I like who they're choosing to, to, to be the doctors. Um, Centaur would be good. I, I still really want to ride out the, the Black Lady uh, uh, timeline, for lack of a better term. Um, I'm really, really digging what they were doing. Although, now what I've got <laughs> stuck in my head is David Tennant riding a Centaur. Because... <laughs> Then it seems like that would be like a good way to get around Gallifrey. So then you've got, you know, <laughs> David Tennant, Matt Smith, and all these guys that are just riding around on centaurs. So, so there, like there's it. that picture in your head. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> so I have a gift for you. We didn't have enough time to get it. A gift or a or a gift um, or a gift. Actually, or it, a could gift. Be, it could be Do the you latter. Have butter for me to display the former. <laughs> okay. Uh, two. You have a ladder. <laughs> Sorry. Well, then I'm easy. I'm easily maybe befuddled. You're having problems finding all your files on your hard disk. You're easily befuddled. I do. I do. I'm not, I, you know, I'm real bad. We're not going to talk about this, but I'm real bad about mm -hmm. not, I'm, I'm getting better at putting things in files on my computer because right. I'm bad to just use my, my desktop is just all like a holding place, mm -hmm. right. but I've gotten worse on my phone because now I just use the search functionality and I literally, literally don't organize anything on my phone. I just download it. It goes wherever it goes. But, and, and Some I programs, I don't even know where they are. Of system design now is you shouldn't have to worry about that. You can just search for it and it should just, what you want should just appear. Um, for me. When I'm when I'm producing when I'm producing best thing ever, I literally just search for things and drag and drop yeah. from my search I, I, icon. Know, like I don't actually go um, after them. But so if not, then you want some help. Uh, I have a link to the file system visualizer. FSV.sourceforge.net. Uh, okay. Or the links on the card, and you can <laughs> you can look at your file system in a in a visual fashion. It will show you your directories, your files, your trees, kind of show you how big they are, uh, give you some idea of it. It it looks a bit archaic. It looks like it looks like well, the original. That's because Doom. this is a faithful reproduction <laughs> of the of FSN, the three D file system navigator that came out that Silicon Graphics made back in the nineties. I like how the very first thing at the top, it says um, FSV pronounced F-S-V. <laughs> that's why I didn't call it FSV. Sorry, that, that's just, that just, there's no, there's no phonetic, there's no phonetic, sorry, you guys aren't seeing what I'm seeing in my, right here, is there's no phonetic explanation to it. It's just said exactly how it looks. It's yeah. just said how the letters so, are said. There's no phonetics um, in there. Go ahead. <laughs> this was, this is a faithful reproduction of the file system navigator from Silicon Graphics back in the 90s. The reason I present this to you is one, it's kind of a joke. Two, do you know where the file system navigator got its fame? Um, uh, probably something in pop culture, but no, not exactly. I would guess so like, a, like a dorky movie, like a it's tech a movie system. or something like that. You know this. Am I? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> You have to work Let's fast, though. The Raptors are going to yes. catch up to you. <laughs> really? Now, okay, so, so answer me this, because you, you know, obviously, way more about you know, technology than I do. I barely get right. along with it, and I work, I work on it, not with it. Um, so in, Jurassic, in 1993's Jurassic Park, when it shows the, the file system and all that, and you see it like moving in 3D, it didn't actually do any of like the graphic moving, movement or anything like that, did it? It was just... just files or uh, it, it, what was that was what that interface actually look like um live running um it was live running the software in the movie basically that's what it looked like yeah now you probably wouldn't use it that way really but wow that is you mean to escape you well, mean to uh, ex you might, escape bending in certain it was, death? I, I think it was implied as kind of like she was navigating the parks, like computer systems and like, you know, the door lock systems, things like that. This is a file system navigator. You're looking at a file structure uh, on, a, on a computer. So it's not quite the same thing. 
right? Like you're not, um, you're not like, uh, you're not hacking to Gibson here. You're just looking, you're, you're browsing some folders. Uh, so I think it was used to dramatic effect, but that was pretty much a right. live running of the system as it was. That's what it looked like if you were navigating files. Interesting, because when I watched it, it kind of reminded me of, I, I, as, as I'm kind of thinking back through my mind, is I kind of thought it was like navigating a map of the, uh, it right. looked like it was navigating like a map of the park. Uh, and it doesn't always convey that it's actually files, like you're saying, it kind of looks like they're actually the build, it's supposed to be representing the buildings in the park, yeah, not just the files really, with the files really for those buildings way. in the park. Uh, and I would be willing to bet that as part of the art direction, they populate the file system in a certain way to make it look interesting. Files of different sizes, so you have the different elevations. Um, the tree structure kind of makes it look like it's branching, so that, depending on how you manage that. I'll bet you that was art directed to a degree, but uh, it's just a file browser, and you can have it for your computer. You know what I, you know what I always wondered about uh, around that scene is if you remember the, uh, the raptor that pops up his head, and he's in front of a projection. Right. He's got he, binary. He's got ones and zeros uh, projected all over him. Who's projecting <laughs> just a bunch of binary information? That was what was always weird to me. Is that means that that raptor is somewhere in like a conference room and pops up in front of somebody's, uh, you know, Kodak projector. And someone's just showing binary. Well, that They're was, just showing that was a, a ton of like, grids of ones and zeros. Maybe it was predicting the future. Maybe Jurassic Park. That's, maybe. maybe Jurassic Park that was popular right uh, until we got to the Matrix. <laughs> ooh, ooh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's fascinating to me because, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm pivoting my entire way of, of organizing things, especially because I don't have a big hard drive on my computer, so I'm constantly migrating things off of it so we can keep putting out this bro these Broken Toy Studios content. Um, so the thing I see most often on my computer is disc almost full. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Um, so, so I've gotten a lot better at putting those things <laughs> together. I'm also highly invested in external hard drives. So if, if people want to start advertising with us, that'd be great to mitigate the, the cost and if of not, storage. At least you always have a free file. Viewer. <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> that's true. Um, have you, yeah, uh, do you I, still I run a, a Unix everything. or a Linux system on anything? I've had pretty much everything. This is more of a, this almost sounds like a, uh, what's that? I was about to say that this sounds like a like an off mic uh, conversation, yeah, but I'm just like, uh, are you still well, running Unix on, on Linux, anything right now? Nobody. Unix and Linux is a big argument in the computer world, but for most normal people, you can use them interchangeably. Uh, and I know we're going to get hate mail about that, but uh, yes, I run I run a Linux server. I run uh, Debian for those who are interested for my Plex server. Yeah, I, I, I don't know any. I couldn't delineate uh, well, between the two. Well, if we don't get hate mail from that, I have no then, idea. Uh, um, you know, they're all basically the I, same. I, that will definitely cement it. <laughs> um, I, I actually just, I, I have a tough time running, um, uh, running some Windows stuff because Windows breaks on me so often. And I was doing some remote work through Windows and it just was constantly breaking on me. So, I mean, at least right now I've been pretty happy with the, the Mac OS's. Um, so, um, speaking <laughs> of, okay, okay, I can do, I'm, I can do a I'm, transition I'm here. I can I'm find a way is, uh, <laughs> speaking, 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 no, 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 wait, wait. So, uh, speaking of rooms and speaking of, uh, unit Linux systems and Unix systems and computers and chat rooms, um, if we remember in D Napoleon dynamite, 
his brother Kip spent an exorbitant amount of time on chat rooms, nice. which is where well he done. met well uh, done, his sir. wife, LaFonda, on, uh, on the chat rooms. <laughs> That's, listen, it was a little touch and go there I for a second, admit, but you sure know what? We landed the plane. It was um, is, um, <laughs> so, so like me going back and watching a uh, community, I, we went back oh, and yeah. we, we didn't go back and watch it. It yeah, just it happened. Came on the TV we were just like, it just happened to be on. Yeah, we're like, we're okay, we're going to watch this. And, uh, exactly, exactly. And, um, uh, our oldest, uh, who's nine had never seen it. So we were like, well, you kind of need to see this movie. Now I will say the first time I saw uh, Napoleon Dynamite. I hated it. I didn't get it. I was also in a room with people that didn't like it as well. And so I was like, I want to be, I want to be part of the group. So yeah, I don't like it as well. And then I revisited it and I'm like, this movie is brilliant. This movie is absolutely hilarious and brilliant. But something came to my mind is, you know, Kip and Napoleon, they uh, are watched by their grandmother. They're in, they, uh, Kip's 32, uh, but Napoleon's in high school and their grandmother is kind of their caregiver. And uh, then of course, you know, Uncle Rico comes and helps watch them and things like that. But sure. I was always wondering what happened to the parents. So, of course, the internet, just like with um, Urban Dictionary telling us what Mexican Halloween was, is if you, the internet, there's a very interesting fan theory. Um, and I think it's interesting because it adds a lot of depth to the characters. Now, it's, we're going to get a little bit morbid now because it's the internet and people get morbid. But obviously, their parents aren't, aren't around. And the theory goes that their parents, when Kip was 16, because there's a pretty big age difference there. When Kip was 16, he was learning to drive. And so the scene would be set that mom and dad are in the car with a Kip that's learning how to drive and a Napoleon who's a baby. And uh, Kip makes a mistake, maybe runs a red light, something like that. Vehicle is struck. Kip and Napoleon live. Their parents die. And Kip staying at home at 32 in the movie is kind of like, well, he, shouldn't right. he kind of be out on his own? Which eventually he does make it out on his own. But I think that adds to that depth of that story because the idea is that Kip is still at home 32 and needs to be kind of cared for by his grandmother because he feels oh, guilt sure. and remorse for being the causation of his parents' death. Nap Napoleon just kind of lives his life because he was a baby. He doesn't have any recollection. This is the only life he knows. So he just kind of goes on and lives his life. And he's probably a little bit on the spectrum. But Kip, Kip was fundamentally changed by the day that his parent that he caused his parents to die and it kind of froze him in his life journey until he was able to reach out through chat rooms start to find people that he resonated with and what's really interesting is he found that he resonated with somebody not mm -hmm. through in sure. general social senses he and LaFonda probably wouldn't get together especially because the film is supposed to be some sort of like nondescript 90s type timeline right. is they probably wouldn't have hung in regular social circles but outside of you know, race and, and cultural backgrounds, they found each other through a chat room and it was only their ideas, their thoughts, their emotions that connected. And it didn't matter that she was a foot taller than him or she's black and he's white or anything like that. They were able to meet through these chat rooms, make a connection, meet firsthand, but they had already fallen in love with each other and they just loved each other for exactly who they were. And it allowed Kip to then go get married and move on with his life and actually get past that tragedy that happened. So really, the story behind the story in Napoleon Dynamite, by this theory, we all look at Napoleon and see him trying to help Pedro win um, the student election. That's not really the story. Really, the story is about Kip coming into his own and becoming a fully functioning human being that is finally healed this is really from the, the, tragedy the tragedy that he endured grandma. when he was 16 years old.
now both now yeah, both her kids yeah, are growing really, up at the same really time. It really is. Uh, I mean, they're overcoming their challenges and ready to move on. Right, right, and and she also seems more concerned with making sure that Tina, the the what is it, llama, <laughs> that that Tina gets fed than she is than she does care about the kids. So maybe it shows that she actually uh, has some remorse, uh, yeah, or not some remorse, retired. some anger towards Kip and, toward, and, and, and towards the grandkids. Do, and now that, she has two kids in the house, and one of them right? is 32 at this point. That's, you know, a bit old for being a kid, but... Um, right. Yeah. And on chat rooms all day long, and, and running up her bill. Because even Uncle Rico is like, well, doesn't that cost money? And, she, and, he, and Kip's that, like, that yeah, the she's kind of mad at how much time uh, I spend on those chat was, rooms. Uh, so it adds... Too. I mean, and this, the, it, that, so it, it adds it really, a total different, go ahead. I would say it, it, it adds a bit of weight to it too, because in the nineties, you know, if you had a car, most people would just go out and do something. Um, chat rooms back then were, were not terribly popular. We're not terribly well populated. Um, you need your own computer in your house. You need a modem. You needed, um, a service or, you know, a number to call if you were going to a BBS, a billboard, something, you know, something like that. You needed some kind of service to connect you to other people. And it, it wasn't like this today where internet was just pervasive. Even if you had access to it, it's kind of a pain in the ass to maintain. It's kind of like the Windows computer you were talking about earlier. Um, there, there was just a lot of effort. There's a lot of annoyances to go around to stay connected online back then. It wasn't pervasive. It wasn't just something you pulled out your phone out of your pocket. You know, you didn't have a phone in your pocket. Um, so this is a choice that, right? you know, if Kip decided at any point in the past 16 years, he could have just gone out and gotten his license. He didn't. And he could have, this is the 90s, he could have gone to the mall. Right. That's exactly it. He, he refused to drive. He, he rode his bike. You know, no, you know, can you pull me into town? Um, he rode his bike and plays as a funny joke, but then it's like, right. oh, well, he rides his bike because he, he's too afraid to drive a car. Likewise, if we remember the, uh, the time traveling scene, you know, they bought a time machine <laughs> and it's funny because it's like, oh, we'll put it here and it like shocks your balls and like, ha ha ha, that's funny. But it was, if you look at the time it's set, it's set for 1984. So it would be going back far enough that his parents would still be alive. So based on about when this movie is supposedly taking place then he would be going back to before, before his parents died. So it kind of makes it sad. The, 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 yeah. the time travel course, scene, the, uh, you know, the time machine scene. All, now the, all that Napoleon. work is put on us. Now we have to fill in all the blanks. <laughs> yeah. They just made a funny movie. Now the onus is on us to, to, go, yeah, to come up with uh, the backstories and tie it all go. together. Uh, I'm, you you okay? Um, are you good till I one or till two? Do, I'm I'm like good. And if we put a few more segments down, I could definitely pull two audio episodes out of this. Okay. Well. Okay. Uh, I would probably say instead of pushing it, um, we have, we why have don't great we, stuff on deck that's timely, right? Ah, uh, but the the movie thing. Um. Okay. Okay, then let's then let's keep going. Uh, we'll, we'll just try and yeah. get through oh, no, it pretty quick. And if the two already, episodes are shorter, whatever. Material. Um, yeah. All right. So. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, an hour three. Okay. Go ahead. What's next on deck? What's what else is going on in Geek World? Are we going to take any ad breaks? You know what? Screw ad breaks. 
If you guys want to advertise with us, send, send us an email at brokentoystudios at gmail.com or gengeek, the number one, gengeek1 at gmail.com, or you can send it to bestthingeverpod at gmail.com. We can be found in all those places. Nope. Also, gengeeklu at gmail.com. He never che- checks it. He doesn't even know he has that. Gengeekben at gmail.com. I hardly no. check it, but you can also find me there. There. There's the ad reads in less than 30 seconds. There's, there's all the emails. Uh, just send it. If you keep type, if you type, if you type in enough letters and hit bro, at bro, gmail.com, you Ben's probably window. find us somewhere. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Can I tell you something that scared yeah, the shit out of me the other day? No. I keep forgetting I can cuss. I can fucking cuss. Um, is I, I, I have, I have, I have two German shepherds. Um, Flynn, who's about 10 years old. He's getting old. He's in my, he's my old man, but he's also super protective. Like he, he barks at anything. He's ready to attack it. He's not barking like, I want to go play. He's barking like, I'm going to murder that. Um, and then we've got Lily, who is, um, well, first off, they're named after Disney characters. So Flynn is Flynn Rider, and then Lily is Tiger Lily. Um, so uh, Lily uh, <laughs> is about a one-year-old, just over one-year-old German Shepherd, and she's derpy. Like, I love her, but she's just goofy and derpy and happy, and she just stays by my feet anywhere I go. She's adorable. Um, but they're, they're both, if, if Flynn starts barking at something to attack it, Lily does too. She sounds super scary. Her bark is actually deeper okay. than Flynn's is, um, which is funny because she's only barking because he is. So, she, so he's barking to kill an attack. She's barking at out? him to be like, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> so here's what scared the living Jesus out of me was just two nights ago. I'm uh, laying in bed. We've got these big windows next to, next to the bed, and we almost always close them. But I left them open. And you can pretty clearly see outside. Uh, the house, and you probably can see pretty well inside the house because we've got you know a couple of little lights uh, on in the bedroom. <clears throat> Flynn has a bark that is he has two barks. He has one that's like oh there's a cat outside something like that, and then there's oh there's right. someone that should not be there like like intruder alert bark. Both of them at the same time saw something outside the window and got that like we're gonna murder bark, and I look at the window and I swear we joke about the person outside the window i swear there was a person standing like three feet outside the window and then i kind of blink my eyes and look up again and it looks like i can't tell if it was the wind of a of a tree moving or if it was a person moving but they both flipped their shit and i swear i saw someone looking right in the window (laughs) i don't know if it was ghost i don't know if it was a person that was cutting through my yard i don't know what it was Scared the shit out of my dogs, and they were ready to attack, and I could not yeah. go back to sleep Drug for like an hour, because I'm like, I'm not going in checking. I mean, <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, so anyway, um, if this is the last podcast, because I'm murdered in my murder house, uh, you know, say nice things at my funeral. Give a nice you googly for me. All right, all right. I think that's enough for one week. So, this has been General Keepers. Specifically, it's been a podcast. I've been Lee. He's been Ben. And join us next week for more scintillating conversation. Or, you know, this. This has been a Broken Toys Studio production. Yeah, still good.